Shabbat Shalom and welcome. The idea behind this podcast is to offer a, a short glimpse of the weekly Torah portion. It's a way to start Shabbat off right, a way to delve into the Torah without a huge time commitment. This week we're reading from Parshat Va'era. Va'era is the second portion in the book of Exodus, the book of Shemot. And it's largely about Moses. The opening chapters of Exodus give us an introduction to this great leader, the greatest leader in all of Jewish history. But what's so special about Moses? What is it that made him a great leader? We know from reading that Moses wasn't perfect. He had a short temper, for one thing. He had, you might say, anger issues. Moses broke the tablets of the Ten Commandments when he got angry or frustrated with the Israelites. He killed an Egyptian overseer for beating an Israelite slave. Also, Moses was timid. He was shy. At least at first, he wasn't even interested in leadership. And yet, God chose him anyway. So what was it about Moses that made him special? Well, we're not the first to ask that question. The rabbis have been asking that question for quite a long time, and they've answered it in many ways. There is a wonderful story in the Midrash that tells about Moses when he was a baby. Of course, the Torah says that Moses was raised in the Pharaoh's palace. And when he was a baby, he would play with his adopted grandfather, the Pharaoh, and hug and kiss him as if he was his own. And the story goes that when baby Moses would sit on the Pharaoh's lap, he would sometimes try to grab the crown off of the Pharaoh's head. And one day, when Moses was only a few years old, he was playing with the Pharaoh in just this way. He grabbed for the crown, and the Pharaoh's advisors became distressed. They said, My king, don't you remember? Don't you remember the prophecy? That someday, a leader will arise and take your crown and your kingdom. Look how this infant wears your crown now. Maybe he's the one who will take away your kingdom. The Pharaoh grew afraid, and so he gathered together his advisors. When his advisors were all together, he asked what to do, and they suggested that baby Moses be killed. In case he is the one who is here to take away your kingdom, we cannot allow that to happen, they said. Only one advisor spoke up, and his name was Jethro. Now, spoiler alert, we'll find out later that Jethro becomes the father-in-law of Moses. But at this point, what is he? He's a priest of Midian, and he's an advisor to the Pharaoh. And he says... It's just a baby. Why would we kill him now just in case of some prophecy? Instead, let's give him a test. If we place before this baby two objects, one a piece of gold and the other a piece of coal, then we'll be able to determine his intentions. If the baby reaches for the gold, we will know that he understands the value of the gold and the crown. And if so, then he should die. If the baby reaches for the coal, the hot, glowing coal, then we'll know that he's a baby and he likes shiny things. Then we can let him live. The Pharaoh's other counselors agreed to the test. And so they did. They placed in front of baby Moses two objects, a piece of gold and a coal. The whole hall became, became silent as the people in attendance waited and watched anxiously. Little baby Moses lifted his hand to reach for the bright gold piece. But just as he did, the Midrash said, the angel Gabriel 
thrust his hand aside so that he quickly grabbed the coal, put it in his mouth, and burned his tongue, spitting a coal, throwing it far away from him. But he had passed the test. The Pharaoh knew that he was not after the crown. By the way, that's the rabbi's way of explaining why Moses has a speech impediment. As he explains in this week's parsha, he is um, arel svatayim. He is uh, of unclean lips or not a great public speaker, as you might say. So what does baby Moses do? He does what babies do. He reached for shiny things. And we can learn from this story a little bit about what it is to be a leader. Sometimes to be a leader... You have to reach for the crown. That is to say, you have to have a vision of what can be and try to reach that vision. An idea of how things might be different. Uh, a vision of how a community could grow. A picture of how you could transform the world. Those are the crowns that we reach for in this world. And we can think of leaders who had such visions. People like Martin Luther King Jr., like Rosa Parks, who envisioned the world as different than it is. People like Steve Jobs, who had an idea that could transform the world. Theodore Herzl, who had a picture of the Jewish state and believed that it could be. So to be a leader is to have a vision. To be a leader is to see shiny things and to reach for shiny things. But to be a leader is also sometimes to reach for the coal. It is to be willing to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. To remember that just because you're a leader doesn't mean, just because you have a vision, doesn't make you better than others. It doesn't exempt you from doing the work. In fact, it obligates you to get your hands dirty, to do the work. And we can think of leaders like that as well. Those are the teachers in our lives, the uh, rabbis and ministers, the volunteers, the people who roll up their sleeves and do the work of changing the world. So what was it about Moses? He reached for the shiny thing, and he also grabbed the coal. He had a vision. A vision of how the world could be different. Moses' vision is one of freedom, one of holiness, one of Torah. But he also wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, to work hard, to make mistakes and learn from them and grow into being a better version of himself. We all have the capacity to be like that. May we work to cultivate the visions we have in our heads. May we never stop dreaming about that better world. And may we also roll up our sleeves and get to work so that we can build that world here and now. Shabbat Shalom.